Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, you are in for a treat on today's show. My guest, Melissa Berkheimer, is a million dollar, let's underline that, million dollar sales page designer, launch strategist, and course creator. And she's going to pull back the curtain on how we can create sales pages without feeling like we are going to pull our hair out. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. So let's kick off with a little bit about your business journey. Cool. So I started my business really because two reasons. I wanted to get paid to be creative and I wanted to be able to take my kids to and from school like when they needed to go to school. And when preschool, the hours are different than regular school and I just needed pure flexibility. So I started networking and I got, you know, I met people and I got freelance design gigs in my local town. I live in Des Moines, Iowa in the United States. And I was charging $20 an hour and I was so excited because I was getting paid to use the skills I had went to college for. And then a couple of years into that, I started taking online courses because I had really, I was working with really great local clients who were paying me for like work on demand whenever they needed it, but it was enough to like sustain what I needed for the lifestyle I wanted at the time. And well, really the lifestyle I still want, but it, it, I realized that there was like more out there and I stumbled upon a webinar that someone had tweeted that someone was hosting and I was like so infatuated with like how they were like marketing themselves and how were they putting them, how were they putting themselves out there? And I started taking online courses. And then before I knew it, like through making all those connections, I ended up getting a gig for a sales page. I didn't know that that gig was a sales page. Someone just said, Hey, I need a graphic designer. And I raised my hand. And that gig ended up being a sales page for Amy Porterfield. I wasn't working directly with Amy. I was working with someone who was on the back end of her launches at that time for that specific course. This was December 2013. So it was about two and a half years or almost actually two years or so into my business. And from there, everything shifted. And in the next six months, I had given notice a nice 60 day notice to all of my local clients because I had gotten so many sales page project referrals. And then that's kind of the space I've been in for the last seven ish years. I've also launched dozens of my own offers, mentoring designers, uh, masterminds, programs. I've been a launch strategist, launch manager, you name it. And, you know, my, some all combined, I haven't even calculated it, but the sales pages I've designed have helped my clients earn millions of dollars, but also like really create a big impact in their world. Wow. That is quite the entrepreneurial story. It's like the Amy Porterfield effect. I also want to say that like, I don't even like to use a lot of the clients I've names that I've used when I'm talking about it because I don't want people to think, oh, she works with this person and she's like not relatable or she's not this, but everybody starts somewhere. And it just so happened to be that I did what I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it. And that like, and on top of the designs that help my clients make money, that's really what helped set me apart and get referrals. And I had no working sales page for this service for like two or three years, no joke. And I was really enjoying it because I enjoyed like 
the simplicity of a sales page versus like a big brand or a website because I could get in, finish the project within, you know, two or three weeks. Now people can do them in a day. Um, and then, you know, my clients are making money and I, you know, I still meet people like years later that remember a sales page I designed from a course that they bought or that they just remember seeing the launch. You know what I mean? So uh, obviously the market's much different these days and my business looks a little bit different. But I think that, you know, this was 10 years. It's not like this happened overnight for me. And I really, I, w- I would honestly say that I didn't really even start to try to make like a quote unquote digital presence for myself until like 2019. I did like in the early days, like I have some YouTube videos that are so embarrassing and they're still up, but they're like back when I was like still like trying to teach social media marketing and like, you know, things like that. And that, that's going to change. But I also have a podcast um, called the design business show where we talk about design and business and you know all the things that go on behind the scenes of your favorite you know campaigns and projects and I think design is for me personally but I also think for a lot of entrepreneurs design is such a complex realm you can teach somebody to write and you can teach somebody to structure an offer but design beyond like build an infographic in canva for most people feels really elusive we all know when something looks good to us but we don't know why we're also not that great at knowing when something looks really bad and we still publish it So here's what I'll say to that. I think that you can definitely teach yourself to have an eye for design within your projects by looking at like, and we can talk about some really simple tips too. And I honestly think that anyone can design. And I'm, this is coming from me saying, I don't think I'm the best designer out there. I think that there's a lot of designers who are talented in lots of areas. Like they're super talented illustrators and there's really talented web developers and there's talented you know, people who can do illustration, web dev, UX design, and all of it. And so I think that once you really kind of hone in on your expertise or like what you want that expertise to be as a designer or even as a non-designer, just really understanding like the things that will help make a difference in the results of your business and the experience that, you know, a brand will create for your audience. I think those things are way more important than worrying about like the technical things we have to learn when it comes to like using Adobe or even using Canva, if that makes sense. So I guess the million dollar question is then what is it that makes a sales page convert? What are we looking for in the design? The million dollar question. So I'm going to back up to say like what would make the, the sales page convert? Like the first thing I think you anyone really needs to have is an offer that's already converted. And I think that this is where, um, and I'm not sure like if your listeners are like beginner or if they're, you know, experienced, but you know, at the end of the day, you can make sales without a sales page. You can contact people, you know, to say, Hey, who do you know that could use my service? Or you can say, Hey, I've got this new thing I'm trying out. You know, maybe it's a VIP design day, or maybe it's like a one-on-one mindset training, you know, or mindset coaching call that you're going to do with someone. You can say, hey, you know, I'm trying this out or, you know, I've got this new thing. This is how it's worked for my clients. Are you interested or do you know anybody who's interested? You can sell that way. Once you have an offer that's like very solid, especially like this is specific to digital offers, I would say, then that to me is when you're going to have an easier time getting a sales page to convert because then the sales page just becomes a part of your digital sales strategy. So like what happens when you meet someone from the inquiry period to where they're like following you on social media to then after they buy from you. And a sales page is really just a digital marketing tool within the process. So my recommendation for 
you know, this goes back to like away from design. At first, it's just like making sure that the offer is very clear, making sure that I know exactly what I'm going to purchase early on in the sales page. There will be people who might have a difference of opinion on this, but my advice, get straight to the point. Is this a four-week accelerator program for graphic designers? Is this a 10-week sales course for people who own flower shops? Like, what is it? What's the container? How is it delivered? What can I expect to buy? Like, if I go buy a vanilla cake that's, you know, got three layers, like, it will say three-layer vanilla cake. Let's use those really specific descriptions in the copy and then let's use visuals to make them design. A couple, you know, design tips for your sales page specifically, keep your header menu like that you have on your website for your website and on your sales page, we really want to include links to things other than like your legal pages, like a privacy policy, earnings disclaimer, and terms and conditions, because you do need those, but I'm not a lawyer, so I can't help you with those. But like, you just really want to include links that help people Make the decision to say yes to your offer because we want to make this easy. We don't want them to get distracted by your YouTube videos or like your Instagram page or things like that. I think that it's very appropriate to have, you know, an about you section on your sales page versus an about you page, if that makes sense. So you can take the regular elements you would use on a web design and use design and the content piece of it to help explain who you are and why people should care and, you know, make yourself relatable. And so at the end of the day, I think that, you know, getting a, a design on your sales page to convert is just keeping things very clean, testing the user experience. So make sure it looks good on mobile. A lot of people miss this. And going through the entire, you know, buyer journey, you know, for, again, from start to finish on your own or have people on your team do it to make sure that the experience is set up to help you get sales versus making it harder for people, let's say, if the sales page doesn't win. I'm the person who designs the whole thing and then goes, oh, wait, I should probably look at what this looks like on my phone and then goes, I need to redesign it from the beginning. So if somebody has that offer and it's converting and they say upfront what it is, it's the three-layer vanilla cake upfront, how do they use design to draw the user through that journey that you were talking about? So design does that by really combining the experience the user experience, the copy, and then making it easy for like the eye on the people to, and you know, the people reading it. So like one thing I really like to do with the sales pages I design is at the top of the sales page, it's called the hero section. So if next time you're in a, in a launch meeting or something, you could say, this is what we're going to do for the hero section. Like get to the point with your headline. So be very, very clear about what the end result is going to be. Again, there will be some, you know, information, you know, advice that will conflict with this, but this is what 95% of the sales pages I've designed working with, you know, pro copywriters and people who are doing multi-seven multi figure, multi-six figure launches. So get to the point, give us a button, give us some type of brand identity in that hero section that tells us who we're going to be working with if you are like a personal brand. So that could be your photo, a logo, colors, fonts, just like basic things that will help me recognize, oh, this is Diane's sales page and she makes a three layer vanilla cake. But I know right when I get to, I know right when I get to the page by the photo of the cake, by the picture of you in your kitchen assembling the cake, that I'm going to get a three layer vanilla cake because that's what it says. And then there's a button right there that's the brightest color in your brand palette. If you don't have a bright color, just pick another one. 
and my eye can go directly there. Well, let's say I'm not convinced. I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to talk about the benefits of purchasing this three this three layer vanilla cake. I'm gonna, one of the benefits is that I don't have to make it myself and that my audience will be wowed and it will taste delicious. So look at how basic the benefits are that we're talking about here. They're just like things that you wouldn't think about to put on a sales page. Let's say you're going to teach a digital course about how to make a quilt. Wow, your, you know, your family with the quilt, you know, with the quilts you have on your quilt ladder, learn this new skill that will show you how to get the fancy stitching. I know I'm not a quilter, but my mom makes quilts. I'm trying to make this up, you know, that gets the fancy stitching after you put the thing together to really give it that wow factor. You know, there's a ton of different things, you know, that are a benefit to your offer. So let's include some benefits. Let's share some testimonials that are relevant to the digital offer that you're creating. Let's share testimonials from maybe people who are bigger names to help give you some brand credibility. Let's share logos of where you've been featured. Let's really be clear about what our refund policy is. And at the end of the day, let's give people a recap section with payment options and a place to actually buy so that they really understand what they're getting on the page. You know, like design goes into this so much, but like one thing you can do to help break up all those different sections I talked about, which, you know, you should have a couple more is changing the, the color of your background. And let's say you have a black and white palette. Well, you could have one background be white. The next one can be gray. The next one can be black. I don't like to recommend using a ton of black backgrounds in your designs because the white text can be hard for accessibility. But if your sales page works on mobile, you're more likely to get the conversion over someone who didn't take the time to make the design look good. So I think at the end of the day, clean shapes, lines, and things like bullet text, narrow columns, and brightly colored buttons are just like very simple ways that anyone, even a non-designer, can make their sales page stand out and easy for the person to buy. Yeah, I think that's so interesting because when I'm in that, like I have quite a blue palette and I have multiple options and and I love like like a kind of gradient block for something that I'm trying to like point attention to. But I get really sucked into the professionally designed sales page that has the like beautiful picture background that fits completely perfectly. And then I'm like, oh, let me try that. So it's really good to hear you say, look, all you're using that background for is to break it up for the eye and to allow it to have a a moment to realize that it's going into something different. And it can be as simple as just changing a color. It can be as simple as changing a color. But one of my favorite things to do is to zoom out on my sales pages when I'm designing them and making sure like, like the last sales page I designed for a client, like we had, there's a lot of color. There's lots of teals and yellows and pinks and blues. Well, we have like one yellow section. And that's it. So then we kind of changed things around so that there was multiple yellow sections throughout the page. So it wasn't just like this one random section that was there alone. So you can repeat, you know, design, design ideas, you know, design sections just with different colors and different colors of text. You can add a box around some bullets just to like make it stand out, add a color behind that box. So again, very simple geometric. And a lot of people I know don't want to have their photo all over their sales page. So there's lots of ways you can do that just simply through color and like some design elements you can find um, even simply on Creative Market, you know. 
I think simplifies things immensely. I liked what you said about the buttons because I'm that I'm the top button person. I just want to see how much it costs. Like I've already researched you. I know that I want to buy it. I just want to know how much it costs and what hoops I need to jump through. But I know that some people are like, hey, I want to know every single detail before I even risk talking to you. It's finding that balance. I always feel like I've got so many buttons. I think normally I have about four on a long sales page, one at the beginning, one at the end, and then one after the offer and one somewhere else. But it always feels like so much to me. But without realizing that actually half the people haven't scrolled beyond like the first button. Yeah. And I'll say that I don't think that having a lot of buttons is a problem, but what happens when someone clicks a button is a place in the planning stage where a lot of people don't consider. And I would love to riff on that for like one second, if that's okay with you. But like, so what I always like to have my buttons do is A, remember I said like in your navigation, you really need to include links to things that will help people make the decision to say yes to your offer. So again, no YouTube pages, no about you pages, no, you know, this is your work with me page, Rochelle, that's what what it is. So the goal is to get a sale. And so once we kind of take a step back and look at what the goals are, okay, what is the user going to do on the page? My recommendation is to always include the top button and then send it to a recap section or like a pricing graphic. Let's say you have like a standard option and a VIP option, but pricing graphics, you can do them with like, again, two vertical boxes next to each other. That renders really well for mobile. You can do like one of those designs you'll see on like lead pages where like, you know, there's check marks, there's like check, check marks and like X's on like what you get and what you don't get within the different levels. Those you have to really make sure and pay attention to when you're developing the mobile page, just because they can be a little bit trickier, but like send your buttons to the recap section so people can take a second and recap everything they're going to buy. And then in that same section, include what your refund policy is. You don't need to have like five paragraphs, but like I'm a pretty solid no refund person. Like you either want to work with me on this offer or you don't. You know what I mean? Some people will have conditional refunds. So like if you take the first modules and submit, you know, the first two modules of the digital course, you submit your homework, then, you know, I think it's very important to be very clear about those things. But take your buttons, you know, to the recap section, whether that's a pricing graphic or just like a box with bullet checks, (laughs) with bullet checks that recaps everything. So let's say I'm going to get five, you know, five calls and within, people usually are doing weekly calls these days or one call every two weeks you get a template library, you get these bonuses, you get these guest trainings with, you know, these people, you get six modules, you know, those are the type of things we want to know. If you're selling a service, okay, well, when you work with me, you're going to get a sales page PSD that's yours that you can use for all the other graphics you want. You're going to get professional project management because I'm going to be doing it. You're going to get your copy reviewed before we even start because I won't design a page if I don't think the copy is clear. You're going to get someone who's going to be coordinating all of the project, the, the, you know, the project timeline with your team, your copywriter, your developer, your analysts, your Facebook ad people, like all of the people. So like, and I'm not like trying to pitch anybody here. I'm just trying to give you an example of like what you get. Like, yes, I'm designing you a sales page, but I'm really taking a big project, you know, one of the biggest projects within your launch off of your plate. So I recap all of those things on my own sales page so people know. And then what happens after we click the button? Do you have multiple payment options? Do I click one button and go to option A or do I click one button and go to option A and B on that next checkout page? So you have to really kind of consider like what that's going to look like. 
is there a painful bonus? Can I say painful and save $2,000? And I'm just making numbers up here. Can I painful and get access to this, you know, training? So it's really important to just be super crystal clear about all of the details about your offer. And then you can use simple design. And by the time you're ready, you know, you'll probably have a sales page that's working, but the next level for your launches is going to be that upgraded design. You know what I mean? So the very top button, and I guess any buttons above where you do that initial graphic, you wanted to go to that graphic. And then after that, so like I have one after at the very end, that's like after all my frequently asked questions section, would you bump that one back up to the price thing again every time? And only the price button actually goes to say Thrivecart to check. I mean, I think you can do it either way. And I think it's going to depend really on how warm the audience is because someone like you, who's going to be really warm, you're like me, you're going to do all the research. You're going to stock this person. You're going to like go find their YouTube videos from 10 years ago. I mean, that's a little, you're going to find their house. I'm just joking. <laughs> but you want to know about the character of someone you're going to buy from. So I think it would kind of really depend on the audience. But yes, my recommendation is to shift most of those buttons to the, you know, to the main pricing graphic or like the closest one. You don't have to do that for all of them, especially if there's one at the bottom of the page. I would guess that people who have read the whole page, um, would you could send them straight to a checkout page. But this is where tools like Hotjar come in really handy because you know what happens. Are they clicking on the, let's say you have a button that goes straight to the checkout page, but then they're not converting, but you have more people converting who click on the button in the pricing graphic where we recap everything. It's really important to kind of know those details and be able to make adjustments, you know, as things are going on. So it's still an optimization thing. It's not just like, oh, your sales page is now complete. You need to do nothing else. It is actually, how is this converting? Where is it converting from? Yeah, how do I make, how do, and it's really a tool. Like you can take a sales page and help you, it can help you sell whatever you're selling for years on end. And it really depends on like what your marketing strategy is. Like I don't do a ton of analytics on like my own sales page just because to me, if someone, there's only one button on my sales page too, it's at the very bottom. And that's on purpose because I want people to read the entire page. And then I want them to answer my 17 questions about their business because that form alone can help me qualify or disqualify a client. I always will take a call with someone if they fill out that form because I feel like, you know, they may come to me a year later if they're not ready now because that, that has actually happened multiple times. So I think it really just depends on like what your sales strategy is and really getting that part of your launch planned. You know what I mean? And I actually refused for years to create like a digital course about sales pages because I know that a sales page alone isn't going to be the thing that does the trick. But I changed my mind finally. And so I have like a $37 course where I walk through basic design tips. I walk through copy. I show you how to like introduce yourself on the page, how to plan the project. Cause again, it can be one of the biggest launch projects you have. You mentioned it can be overwhelming. And you know, when we design the sales page in different sections versus doing the whole thing at once, we can kind of test it, you know, design and tech wise to see what's going to work versus doing the whole thing and making sure, you know, and then having to go change everything, you know, later, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And so what is your sales page pet peeve? We've talked about what you like and what works. What is your thing that when you when you open up someone's sales page, you're like, I'm totally judging you for this? I don't know that it's, a, I'm not very, a very judgy person, but it's like, like things I don't like. And again, these are my personal opinions 
are, and I, there's a name for them. I don't know the, the correct terminology for this, but when you're scrolling on an image and the photo scrolls, but the text stays, and you know what I'm talking about? I think it's confusing because I want the whole thing to move together versus it moving like this. Um, because my eyes are going to the photo because the photo is a bright, something that's more brightly colored. So I don't like that effect on sales pages. That's with texting. That's a personal preference. I just don't like it when they're like messy and, and like there's not like clean lines in space. But listen, there are people that make bazillions of dollars with messy, ugly sales pages. You know what I mean? Um, but I just like them when they're, they're more clean. Like when I'm in an environment that's like decluttered and there's flowers next to me and I've got a candle lit and my fan's on me so I'm not hot. Like I feel better. So it, I think that the same thing kind of applies to your sales page, just like clean things up. It's a little like inviting somebody into your office and all the files are built up into piles and about to fall on you versus walking into someone's space and there's like essential oils and candles and everything's clean. Yeah. And think about like when you go to get a massage and I don't, you know, I love getting massages. It's one of the things I do to like, quote unquote, treat myself. I love to go to a massage room that's clean and there's like fun, relaxing, meditation-y music playing. And meditation isn't the word, but you know what I mean? I can tell that they like wash their sheets. I can tell that they like care about having a clean environment. I don't want it to be like 10-year-old carpet. I want it to be nice and clean. And so I think you can apply those same, you know, tips to your sales page. I know there's someone who is like teaching, like having the testimonial on the side of a section. Let's say you have a section on your page saying who this is for. In my opinion, in that section of your page, just have the who this is for section and create another section for the testimonial. It's not a space saver to me. It's distracting. Too much all at once. Like, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. I saw a really interesting one today where they had who this is for and they had like the four different types of people that it was for. So they had a photo of the person and their job title. So like say coach. And then if you were a coach, you could click on the coach one to read the coach testimonial. But I almost didn't read the testimonial because I didn't realize it was there. I was like, who are these random photos? And I'm, I, this is another pet peeve and it's not even a pet peeve. Like if a client really wants it, I will say yes, but I don't like tiled design or like tiled testimonials where like if you have like one section on the page like let's say you're viewing it on your desktop like right now on our desktop like I'm on the left side you're on the right side that would be like a tiled design I don't like tiled testimonials I like them all to have their own but I think it, again it's just really making things easier on your clients and their eyes and like the information that they're taking in because we all like have different ways that we absorb information so I think again Making it easy and clear and simple is a much better thing than having a fancy, you know, $100 billion design. Yeah, I think non-designers were so afraid of like white space. We don't realize like the value of it until you see a really well-designed page and you're like, there's like my eyes just feel so rested. It's like they've had a little mini vacation between lines. It feels like it's going to be much easier to achieve that now having listened to these tips. I think you've taken a lot of the... Well, I have this thing that's totally free. It is called the Sales Page Toolkit and it's basically a sales page Trello board like it's there's so much goodness in there I give you like copy outlines design examples so you can see pressure off of me to make it super fancy and have all the bells and whistles that you see on the, the giant big names who 
you know, obviously paying entire teams to maintain all of that for them as well. That is super helpful. So if somebody is like me and is like, okay, I have to do a sales page and I'm a little bit nervous and I don't know where to start, where's a good place for them to find some resources? Well, I have this thing that's totally free. It is called the Sales Page Toolkit. And it's basically a sales page Trello board. Like it's, there's so much goodness in there. I give you like, copy outlines, design examples so you can see um, a project plan. I think there's even like lists of referrals in there. So you can literally take that and then add it to your own Trello account or like move it to Asana or wherever you are. And then give yourself like step one, step two, step three, step four, as far as like creating your project. And then look at the design examples of the different sections of the page. And, you know, you keep that in mind when you're working on your copy. And I think that that's like the first thing you can do. If I also have a $37 course, it's called Sales Page Superstar, and you can just go to salespagesuperstar.com. There's more copy templates in there. There's a design lesson, there's copy lessons, there's a project plan, and there's actually going to be, I don't know when this is going live, like a bonus like launch mapping workshop I'm doing for anyone who purchased it like in the, within the last month to help them like really kind of take the sales page and use it in their launch process. So that's like, those are a couple of options you can do. I also work one-on-one with people on sales pages and I know a ton of designers if like I'm not a good fit or like I'm booked or something like that. This has been, well, it's been very helpful to me. I'm very excited to dig into all of those. To finish up, I always ask my guests a couple of questions. The first one is, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? Mm, I don't know that anyone's ever asked me that question before. I don't want to have to like sacrifice my well-being for any project, even if it's a dream project. Early on in the business, there was, you know, a person who's pretty like kind of mega famous now, but he wasn't that, he was kind of well-known back then. It was like 2014. And my husband is a web developer and they needed a membership site designed and developed and I was like, you know what, I can bring him in, he can do the development. And we were sitting, you know, my design part was done, but we were sitting at like Little League games for my kids. And we've got a project manager of this person calling my husband because they broke something on the back end of the membership site. So, and again, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I just don't want to have to sacrifice my own well being for that. Like Kate Northrup has a really great quote. I really try to kind of like, live by which is body first business second so that's like that's like a non-negotiable for me yeah I think if more people could embody that one before they had to learn that one I think entrepreneurship would just be a much happier place okay second question what's the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur I don't know that it's necessarily advice but it's thinking I have to do things a certain way because that's how someone else did it. Like I've paid, you know, five figures to be in programs where I'm learning what's working in the launch world for them. But I'm using that in hopes that I'll get the same type of results as them in my launches when I haven't been launching as long as they have and I don't have as big of a team that they have. So I think it's almost like hearing advice from people and hearing what's working for them and then setting the expectation that it's going to work the exact same way for me. And that because I've achieved this specific experience as a service provider, 
it'll happen for me right away when I'm launching digital offers, which it hadn't been the case. Yes, that's such a dangerous one. And I think it's perpetuated a lot in testimonials as well. It's that this person did my program and they made this much money. But what they don't tell you is that they had a fiery hot audience who'd been begging for the product for the last two years who threw money at them and you're the little newbie business person who has three people on their email list and two of them are family and now you're like well I don't understand why I didn't have a like 10 figure launch the first program I ever launched was a mastermind for designers I did it by doing weekly webinars and I sold my first spot to the mastermind without a sales agent with 30 people on my email list there was an application link I had, there was a PDF I had designed, because I didn't know, like, I didn't want to do the whole sales page, because I know how big of a project it is, until I had that, like, one conversion. But like, I mean, like, again, you can sell things without a sales page, but I think it's just really setting expectations for yourself, and understanding that launching in this digital offer, you know, online marketing world is a long term gaming, you may not see the results you want or think you should overnight. And I think that I needed to really lower my expectations. Oh my goodness, like my offer converted and I made money. Like but I was still felt like felt like I should have been, you know, made more money. Even though I'm like so incredibly grateful. And I looking back, like I I look at that and I was like, girl, like well, I don't understand why you were thinking that. I mean I understand why it was, but now I'm just like grateful anytime, you know, I get any type of sale whether it's $37 or, you know, 10,000 for a sales page. Yeah. I think it's so easy to look at somebody else who has had incredible success at something who's teaching their, you know, three point plan to do exactly the same thing. And it's really easy to get caught up in that and caught up in the emotion of it and think this is the solution and I'm going to run with it rather than, like you said, taking a step back and being like, whoa, like 10 people gave me money for something I've never sold before. And celebrating that you're like, I can't believe only 10 people bought this thing. Yeah. And I mean, to think about that, to get a conversion with no sales page, no audience, email list of 30 people, like to me, that is amazing. Like I'm so elated. I'm st I still send this person work because she was one of the first people to ever join my program. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, it's very, I'm very grateful. Like now looking back and I was still grateful then. I just really thought I would have gotten, you know, a bigger launch number, quote unquote. Yeah, hard lessons to learn, unfortunately. Well, this has been super helpful to me. I always joke that I feel like my podcast episodes are like mini private coaching sessions for me, but I'm sure lots of other people feel the same way about sales pages as me or felt the same way. I'm very freed by the color blocks now instead of having to find photos that fit backgrounds and etc. So where's the best place for people to have a chat with you? I know people are probably going to want to show you their sales page or show you some like horrendously tiled testimonial section that they found. Where's the best place for them to connect? My favorite social media platform to hang out on these days is Instagram. And my name over there is Melissa Berkheimer. And you can send me a DM. It's me in there as of this very moment. That might change in the future. But send me your self page. I'd love to take a look at it or ask me your questions. I always ask my family like a ton of questions my whole entire life. And they really love me for it. That's me being sarcastic. And so I love to like kind of give back by answering people's questions about that. That's such a sweet offer. Thank you so much, Melissa. This has been amazing. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.